a problem here And it's more than just Alvin screaming Punisher When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, got two friends who you won't forget Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival Laughing non-stop, case drops on a cycle Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up Lies being told like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza Bougie ain't an option, it's the wage Take it to the grave, add poop into the place You already know when they take the case Laugh the pain away, it's a affirmative Seasons greetings and many non-denominational happy wishes to you and your family on this winter day I am Alvin Williams and Fran will not be joining me for this episode because we are on break. But because we love you guys so much, Fran and I decided to compile some of our favorite moments of the year 2023. Take a little walk down memory lane. Some funny, some more serious. But overall, just a year in reflection. And who better to do that with than our favorites? The Affirminators. So I decided to kick things off to set the tone just right um, with one of my favorite bits of the year. This was a, I think this kind of encapsulates Fran and I's humor together, you know, um, and it also for me kind of encapsulates the beauty of being black in America, which is that you have to be able to laugh at even the toughest things. So uh, I'm going to kick off this compilation with Fran and I discussing noose shoes on episode 259 from February of this year. You not making news? God, no. That feels racist as shit to even know how to do that. I'm sure they have uses. I like to hitch a truck or something. I don't know. But like knowing how to make a noose just feels mad racist. <laughs> like to just, and when are you going to show that off at a party or something? I, I just Why does the, anybody I, need to know that you can do that? Not, it's kind of intriguing to me for some reason. You want to learn how to do it? No, I'm just like, I look at it and go like, how do you? Oh yeah. It's like learn? the way it wraps around it's, it's, the rope yeah. and then the rope goes through that middle. thing. And then it makes the, listen, the boy scouts or whoever teaches that, I'm sure it's a great skill. Uh, to I was have. in Cub Scout and they wasn't teaching us how to make no, noose, right? noose knots. You know, making like, you know, uh, popsicle stick art. Yeah. You know, no, nah, we didn't learn uh, uh, that in the Eagle Scouts. You know, like I, we didn't learn how to make nooses. What I'm saying is, even if it's it a, need good, a new name. Yeah, a noose. Just, like get rid of the name at all. Something. Yeah, it, it just. You can't say noose. And people not Every, think of just mad yeah. racist shit. Nobody's like, man, this, I really need to um, tie down these Christmas tree lights. Yeah. I need a noose I need knot. A noose knot. <laughs> yeah, like no nobody goes to that knot. Like if you see a noose, yeah. you know what it is. Like you, nobody's ever come out and be like, oh no no no, I was just I was just uh, tying down some uh, rakes in the back. I got a whole bunch of rakes back there, and they keep falling over. I step on them, they hit me in the face. Yeah. So I decided to tie them all together with a noose. No 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 no. There's only one use that the noose is. Yeah, getting. it doesn't have no. Other There's only noose. one use for a noose, and it ain't a garden work or no. tying trees to the top, top top of your truck or something like that. It's racist shit. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Hey, if you come to my house with anything noosed around the baked goods, oh, I tied all these cookies. I, I made them with noose ropes. No, nah, you got to go. And don't ever <laughs> it's know me. It's the only knot I know, though. It's the only knot. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the only knot I learned how to make. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to I tie my shoes in nooses. That's wild. <laughs> That's mad racist, bro. A noose just sitting on the tongue of your shoe. <laughs> Oh, Black History Month is the best, man. Oh, my God. Tying your shoe in a noose? 
You like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't, no, I use bunny ears. I use yeah, nice. no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still use the old bunny bunny loop through the rabbit hole or whatever. No, I do. Let me tie your shoes, son. So then the uh, the monkey goes through the thing and he thinks he can come in my neighborhood. I don't think <laughs> so. Around, he, he comes him. back he around. Him. You never him. stop chasing him all night long. He's hiding in the woods. <laughs> then you pull it out and he come out, out he comes at the top. No yeah. more monkey. You're like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this racism is killing me inside. It's killing oh me. My <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! It's fucking so bad. such a racist country. I fucking hate it so much. Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> new shoes is crazy. New shoes. No, the new shoes. You see, the, bro, I got these new shoes. No, they the new. They the new. Shoes. Oh, you got some new shoes? No, I got the new no, I got shoes. <laughs> Yeah, you know how you know how, you know how Tracy McGrady had the shoes that zip up yeah. all the laces. No, but this is just a noose. A noose. You just pull the noose tight and yeah. the, you and you go. It's actually really fast. That's crazy. <laughs> I just slip these bad boys on, tighten the noose, and I'm out the door. You know, <laughs> just do it. Oh man, <laughs> just noose it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking ad, <laughs> just fucking noose it. It's a slave running through the woods, just like booking it, <laughs> horses and shit. He's trying to get to freedom, and then they a close shot. It gets down to his feet, and he's got the noose shoes on, noose. and he gets to he gets to the Mason Dixie line. Away. Across, yeah, he gets to freedom because <laughs> the because the noose shoes. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking noose booking it, <laughs> booking it. The tattered shirt, right? Chain. Yeah. <laughs> his wrists are shackled, and his feet are shackled. It's so racist. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> no, new shoes. Oh, five hundred years of pain. Oh my god, that's crazy. Oh. <laughs> All right. So up next on our walk down memory lane of twenty twenty three, I want to take you guys back to a moment in time. It lasted about a few days. It was all over the internet, and Fran and I had some thoughts about it. We discussed it. I still feel kind of the same way that I felt when I said these things. It was truly uh, a fool's errand and rest in peace to everybody involved. But wow, it was uh, what a story this was. So this is Fran and I discussing the Ocean Gate tragedy from episode 275. Sometimes people just do some dumb shit. I saw people going on the on the Internet being like, you guys are so wrong for laughing at this. What if the what if it was your family? And I went, it literally could never be my family. No. My mom would never spend $250,000 to go into a can of soda and go to the depths of the ocean to where they go, whales go here. And then you're going to go 20,000 feet deeper than the whales go. Who live in the ocean. There was no empathy for me. There was no like, how did they end up in this situation? By choice. Yeah. They paid a quarter million dollars to go do something incredibly dumb. Yeah. For what payoff? To look at the Titanic on a screen? Do you know how... Listen, friend. I know you don't, like, watch a ton of, like, um, history channel, stuff like that. But there's literally hours and... James Cameron, the director of the Titanic, Mm -hmm. has gone and seen that boat a bajillion times. He's taken a boat down there with cameras on it. We've seen all the angles, old plates, the ship underwater. Like, person? Yes, there's documentaries. There's doc... Well, not... Well, yes, he's gone down there, too. Oh, shit. He's gone down there... I think they go down further than even he goes. And James Cameron has a bajillion fulfillion dollars. Yeah. If anybody can put together the ship that can take you down there, it's James Cameron. Here's the problem. James Cameron's ship, if I'm not mistaken, is a one-man vessel. Yeah. They wanted to commercialize going to see the Titanic. Yes. 
So they had to make a bigger thing, which requires more things. They have to seal you into this thing. The idea that it doesn't have a door. No. They take another piece of metal, slam it up against the can of soda, Bolted. and drill 12-inch screws. And you, they're sealing you in a coffin. So when I think about those people's last moments when, when they realize, oh, th- this isn't coming back up. There wasn't, there wasn't no last moment. There wasn't no realizing. Yeah, that, that's the thing I've heard from people, like, um, or f- from news reports, yes. is that people were involved in, like, speculating like the captain of the ship being down there pretending like everything's fine and the people not knowing. And a lot of people, experts have come out and gone, oh, once this went sideways, that that can crumbled and it imploded immediately. There was no them, oh, we're running out of oxygen or we only have one bag of chips or, you know, they start fighting. There was none of that. If something went wrong, the ship was gone immediately. There was no timing of, there will be no, um, a movie starring Tom Hanks about this in 10 years where it's like they spend two days down there and they slowly die. And when, when this went wrong, they were dead immediately. Yeah. I even watched the video that a person like really explained how it works and you know, the way like the pressure is like they said, these people bl- probably blacked out immediately. But they said it happened so fast that your brain didn't even realize what's happening. That it happened Yeah. This was not day. painless. So, you know, honestly, like thankfully for them, like it, yeah. it seemed like it was a quick thing when it went wrong, it went wrong like in a millisecond. So that's good. But no, I don't I don't have any like empathy. This is people that have like exorbitant amounts of wealth. They had a think about friend, $250,000. What is your what is your dream to go see, to go oh, do what? look look like? Like a going under the ocean to dangerous depths to see an old boat? Wouldn't like what is what is what does a quarter million dollar trip look like for you? It wouldn't even make that wouldn't even make a list. If I had a list of like 100 things that wouldn't even be. It wouldn't even make the hundred <laughs> I, I, adventures list at all. Like the top ten all involve like being on a beach with like uh, the 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 most expensive resort. People bringing me food all day. Dollars, and I don't even know if this is enough money. Is me going to Dubai and like living like I'm like I like I live there every day. <laughs> that's that's where I'm that going. could get you like three days of that. That could get you like three <laughs> days. Three days of being like, oh, I'm a. I'm a sheik in Dubai. Yes. That's what I want to. I want to live like a sheik in Dubai. Yeah. I think you could have a really nice three days. And that's like and that's, club that's club lovely. every night. Tigers in your uh, rented apartment going, uh, you know, driving a Bugatti. You could do all of that for like three days. And that would be like the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, and guess what? I'm able to come back home and then. There's <laughs> no question. You don't have to sign a waiver at any point in that trip where it's like, hey, you might you might die. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, no, you're right. That's a really good point. If I had 100 trips on a list to make. Going to see the Titanic wouldn't even crack the top 100. 100. No. I could find 100 things better to do with $250,000. To keep on the trend of viral moments from 2023, I would now like to flashback to a discussion that Fran and I were having during the time where the government was letting us know that aliens are real, alien objects are floating around, and they're unidentified, and it's not a hoax, it's not X-Files. The tea was spilled, and they told us that aliens existed. And during the pandemonium of all of this, Mexico decided to get involved and show us some aliens that they had in the tuck, uh, which Fran and I had some thoughts about. So this is from episode 282, Faking It and Making It. What is the definition of alien? Belonging to a foreign country or nation, or a planet, I guess. You know, so... Not from where you're from, and in this, in the context hmm. of aliens, not from this planet. Got you. Okay. All right. But so, but alien could just mean 
could be just some foreign. It could be anything. Chinese people made yeah. this made this thing, and so we don't we don't have know the schematics is. on it. So yeah, it's yeah. alien. Yeah. And so when they use there isn't parameters like around what an like the word alien where is exactly. like it's not just from this planet. And and I feel like what Neil deGrasse Tyson is saying is I think whoever's putting not whoever the governments the governments from yeah. different countries when they say that they know what they're saying. Yeah. They know what people will believe, but they also know that they're covering their ass by when they can go. Well, we don't. We didn't say it was from another planet. We just said it's alien. We don't know what it is. <laughs> so that could be preparing us for some kind of China versus U.S. war. That was a that was a theory where it's like, well, why are we finding things that we don't know what it is in in our territory? Yeah. When they found it, when China was like, oh, that's a um, a tourist balloon or whatever yeah, yeah, they yeah. said. It, it, can't, it turned out it was like Chinese. Yeah. In U.S. territory. So when you start going, oh, this we're finding alien stuff here. It's like, okay, well, we didn't say it's from another planet. We just said it's not from here and it's not supposed to be here. So they could be preparing us for war. Could be. You know, they could be preparing us to go, well, we keep finding stuff and it turns out it's not from another planet. It's from Japan. Yeah. You know? So I just think it's interesting. And the dolls coming out. Well, not dolls. They said it was <laughs> aliens and they looked like they were in little coffins. Yeah, but they were like... Uh, they were like it's two not, feet there's tall. There's not gooey. There's no... Where's the... It was like, like fossilized. No bones. I mean, no, uh, ins- no, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no guts. body parts. It's like, come on. Man. I wanted what them to, this? you bring, you know what, you know what we all want to see as a people. I want you to bring them one of them out with their hands behind their back and some handcuffs. Yeah, I thought he was going to bring them out like one of those little glass tubes with like water in it. Yeah, and they're like, a mask on yeah. his face is floating in water like Mew. That's what I want to see. Like a Mewtwo that's from what Pokemon. I see. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to see. Yeah, we don't want to see. We need, hold we need up some concrete evidence, not concrete. You uh, holding up some marionette puppets in the box and being like, these are. They had it covered in like some type of, um, Blanket or something? Like these are aliens? I said, look at this. This is aliens. Then a nerd to have two of them. These is two aliens. These is aliens. I said, come on, man. You can't be. Come on, Mexico. Y'all got to do better than this, man. I mean, they really looked like American girl dolls in those boxes. It was truly a prank for the ages. Um, it was also serious and unserious at the same time. Um, speaking of serious, this is a discussion that Fran and I had on the two-parter where we talk about the Freaknik uh, Music Festival down there in Atlanta. And we had a discussion about stereotypes that I felt was interesting. And so I just kind of wanted to reflect on it as we take a walk back on the things we talked about in 2023. So this is a discussion that Fran and I had about stereotypes from part one of the Freaknik episodes. If you don't live up to that stereotype, there's a negative impact. So say if you, if I were to go out and play basketball and I was trash, but if somebody uh-huh. picked me first, and I'm around a whole bunch of white people and they go like, he's black. Obviously, he knows how to play basketball. And I go like- First. Picking him first. Yeah. I can't shoot a jump shot for nothing. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, and they go like- Oh, come on. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even really black. I thought exactly. you were black. And I go like, then what are you- I don't get- You know, wh- you know What is what even the point for? of you? <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what is your use? What is your use? If I can't jump high and dribble a basketball as a black man, I have no use. I like one of my favorite TikTok things like, you don't look this, you don't look that, you don't look, I've seen it, you don't look like a lesbian, you don't look like this. And then they start doing the most crazy, waving a dildo around, like a, pulling their strap on out, like, oh, you that. don't look black. And then they cut to the dudes like, they, they have a headband on and uh, a basketball and they're, in the other hand, they got a drumstick and it's like, do I look black now? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, th- there's this like yeah. conceived, preconceived notion of what sure, yeah. X, Y, and Z is. Yeah. And it affects, you, it affects them societally, like Asian people, black people. Mexican people, I don't think that those kind of stereotypes affect white people. No. They're all, like, they're not even really, there's no real implications to the white stereotypes. Yeah. Like, they're just like, whatever. Like, they don't, if, if you, <laughs> bro, if you think that I, uh, 
am a violent person. Like, that's a stereotype. Like, oh, man, you know, sure. black dudes yeah. are angry and yeah. strong. and what. These are, it causes you to fear me. Right. If I go to a white person's house and the food is not seasoned, I go, well, I'm not, I'm not shocked. Whatever. Yeah, it's like, I'll move and on. it doesn't, and guess what? They're going to eat the shit out of that green bean casserole and they're going to be like, what's this guy's deal? I guess he doesn't <laughs> like uh, ambrosia salad. Oh, well, more for me. You know, like it's, it doesn't affect their life. It doesn't it change doesn't, anything about really their life, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I just think that's something to think about when we have these conversations about one person affecting the whole group. Yeah, man. I don't want that's Carly true. Russell to affect the whole group, but my fear is that she will. And I and it makes me sad because nobody else has to live by those. I mean, other people do, but the people that I'm concerned about making Carly Russell the rule and not the exception, it doesn't happen for them. At least for the foreseeable future, this is it's going to the be, near future. It's, the next time somebody goes yeah. missing in the next couple of weeks it's or gonna months, it's going to be like, is this a, a hoax? Yeah. But when uh, Sherry Papini went missing. And it turned out she just wanted to leave her husband and, and date her boyfriend. And then it was all fake. It didn't affect like missing white women. Nobody went, hmm, is this white woman lying? No, I don't even know who that is. So that's new to me. Exactly. Because it just came and went. It was yeah. a headline story. People were like, wait, what? She lied. And then we moved on. Because why? Because Sherry Papini gets to be Sherry Papini. Yep. I don't think Carly Russell gets to just be Carly Russell. Carly Russell is a black woman. This black woman lied. So do black women lie? Like that's the, that's the effect that it has. Jussie Smollett lied. So do black men lie about being racially attacked? He doesn't just get to be he, he doesn't just get to be Jussie Smollett. No. We have to answer to Jussie Smollett. Yeah. These two incidents will always be attached to their name forever. Yes. And but it'll be attached to our name. For sure, yeah. All of our name right. collectively yeah, as black people, they're, that those in, those two incidences will be con- connected to us and our pain and our trauma and our police reports and our phone calls. It will always be this question of was it real? Was it fake? Are they lying? Is it true? And I don't like that. All right. So this year, Fran and I started doing cold opens on some episodes. And I will be playing a couple of my favorites during this compilation. And this is the first one I want to play. This was Oscar-worthy acting on Fran's part as far as I'm concerned. He lived in the bit. He built a world around the bit. He yes-anded me every step of the way. And I believe that there should be some kind of trophy to be had for this man, for this performance. This is our discussion about barbers from episode 262. Hey, man, you got a minute to talk? Yeah, man, what's up? It's a, well, it's a podcast. I hope you have a minute to talk about podcast. <laughs> but um, I've been going through some things, man. Um, my barber, you know we've been together since I was like 16. Yeah. Long time. Um, it's just, uh, just well, I feel like we're in a, a rough spot. Lately, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be so fun in the beginning, you know, when you're young, you know, just having fun, being silly, you know, it's just, it's just different. I guess yeah. that comes with time and, and, you know, he just doesn't really even show me, doesn't pay attention to me like he used to. It's like, I'm not even there. Yeah. You know, he, he cut my hair this past week. He didn't even show me the mirror. He doesn't even care what I look like when I walk out of his chair, Yeah. you know? And, you know, it's just, and he... There was like other people in the barbershop. He's walking away from me, paying attention to them. Like, I'm not even there. It's like, I'm a ghost. It's like, hello, hel- notice me, see me. Yeah. You know? I want that attention. Yeah. yeah. It was like, do I not matter to you? 16 years? Like, does that, is that not important to you? I'm sorry. I can't, I can't hold your attention for 30 minutes for you to have a, our time together. Yeah. I don't want to leave, but it's just, it's just, it's hard. You know, like, I know you, how, how long have you and your barber been together? Oh, man. Since high school, man. 
since early as high school. Man. Always, it's always been smooth sailing. Always or been smooth, it? no problems, man. Never, you know, we there's some hiccups here and there. You yeah, know? but that's um, just be, breaks, that's to be expected. There's some know? breaks in between, but you know, yeah, of course. But you guys always come always, back. You always work it out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, has he ever not held the mirror up? I mean, is that? Oh nah, man, he always, you know, hey man, look. Does it look good? He always know, you know, make sure I'm looking right. Your needs. Do the twir- do the, the little the, the, the twirl. Oh, I've been twirled. Make sure twir- I'm looking good. I've been twirled in so long. Yeah, man. Just he never lets me leave looking a mess. Yeah. Never. Satisfied. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> he doesn't even spray me down. Wow. He just we just it's like wham bam. Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah. And you know, <sighs> does, does he give you alcohol? Gods. I'll tell you what, you don't even want to wipe my neck. It's been so long. It's pretty dry back there. Wow. Like the Sahara Desert. Wow. Haven't had an alcohol wipe on this neck in a long time, buddy. But That's I, unfortunate, man. Yeah. Tell it to my neck. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's hurt. it hurts, you know. And so, so you've never had like wandering eyes or anything, you know? You never nah, man, just, seen somebody with a, a crisp lineup you know, maybe, and just ask the question? Yeah, maybe you come across, you know, a couple of people like, wow, that's a, it's, you know, it's, no, that's a nice. That's a nice shape you got. Yeah. Who did that? Who did that? Yeah. yeah. But you ask questions. Yeah. But you know, you go like, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, you don't want to get too greedy. Yeah. Um. I. You know, we had the same barber at one point. I just, the, you know, just the the chemistry wasn't there. It wasn't there. So you know, I, I had I had to pack. I, had to I pack thought I was. Up. I thought I was special. I thought we had something special, and we did. We did, yeah. we did Fran. Early on, we did have something special, and I. I know he has. I know he has other people. I know that. I'm not stupid. I know that. Yeah. But I, I thought we had something special in the last couple of years and it hasn't felt that way. Over the weekend, I uh, was walking down the street, saw a guy coming out of a barbershop. Lineup was nasty. Yeah. Tight. Crisp. Went into the barbershop, walked up to the guy who did it and yeah. uh, got his number. Got his digits. I, give him a call, man. I don't, I don't, I don't want to give him a 16 years like this, you know? I don't, I don't want to do that, but... You know, they had the Suavemente playing in there and, you know, you know, a little Latin flavor. It was fun. It's yeah. different. You know, I, I, have, I haven't been twirled. I haven't been twirled in years, friend. It yeah. was fun to hey, just. Man, look, guess I'll think about yourself, man. You can stop paying yourself first sometimes. You know that phrase is grass is always green on the other side? Yeah. Grass looked mighty green this day. Mm-hmm. Especially after I didn't, he didn't even show me the mirror. I didn't get twirled anything. I just, I felt so unimportant in his life. And then you get a glimpse of the other side. Yeah. And it looked nice. Yeah. Hey, man. Sometimes you just gotta go and hop that fence. Like, oh, it's nice over there. Grass is green. It's been taken care of. Go ahead. Yeah, but my my big fear is that if I go and this guy's this guy's this guy's hot shit. I don't know if I mentioned this. He's Dominican. Okay. You know, so you do the math. Yeah. He's not hurting for you know you know customers. Yeah. And if I can't get another appointment, then I have to go back and I have have the smell of the you know you know a different barber side and you know his spray on me and i have to go and ask my barber of 16 years to line me up he'll know he'll smell it on me he'll see it on my face and in my hairline he'll know that's not his work that's not that's not his it's not his style you know so that scares me i don't want to confront that infidelity right in somebody's face i mean but while we're while i put the effort in if they're not going if he's not gonna put the effort in damn Fran, sometimes I just look at you to give it to me straight, you know? Yeah. Damn. Well, I guess all is fair in love and barbers, you know? Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. 
With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeInABook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories, and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out MyLifeInABook.com. That's MyLifeInABook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's MyLifeInABook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. I'm going to go back to back here on Shining Fran moments for me. This is... Probably one of the top three strangest things I've ever heard this man say. And I've heard him say a lot of strange things. This is a discussion we were having during the time where there were fires in Canada and the smog from Canada was affecting us here in Baltimore. But I was thinking that while I was outside working. Cambry. I go, no, that wasn't my thought. My thought was, am I like this superhuman where I can just, my body is built that I can, I don't have to worry about like, terrible air quality where I can breathe, I can still run, I'm st- my body's still working like a machine, that I'm not, this is not bothering me at all. I don't have people walking around with masks and stuff. I don't need to wear one of those. My lungs are, are you know, working to full capacity, you know, I'm feeling great. And I'm like, you know, if, if, if the world came, if the world just turned into this big old cloud where people need masks and gas masks, maybe I don't need one. Maybe I can just, I'm just, I'm just that special human. You ever thought about that? No, uh, I can't say that. I can't. I can't say my brain went there in the last uh, week or so, man. I don't think that I had that thought once. I don't think that that ever. Yeah, I didn't go there about it. Yeah, you really were uh, sucking your own dick for like a, at work. Just like man, I might have lungs that they never even seen before. Like these are just different lungs. I'm seeing people out here with masks on, and I don't need the mask, so it must be genetic superiority. Maybe it's just, I think I have this fascination with, when I see movies, I want to be that person that has a genetic, this unique <laughs> the next genetic e- the next like, e- the, I survive. You want to be the next step in human evolution? Yeah. Whereas, man, oh, I damn, I, I think I might be able to breathe underwater, all of us. I think I might be the only, I'm the first human that can breathe underwater, and the, the tides are rising, and they're saying the world's going to be underwater in like 10 years, and I'm good. Or I'm the last hope of you know you, for humanity. The cure. Like, You're the cure. They need me. You want to be the cure. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could be a lab rat, man. That's like a, that's a tough life. 
but I respect it. You know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, it was, it was, you know, I, I, I was wondering how we were going to get into talking about the smog and or the smoke from Canada. And we did it yeah. in a really interesting way. So su- salute to you, man. Your brain never ceases to amaze me. I don't know how we <laughs> got to that from yeah. the smoke in, in Canada being here, but we did it. You know, you ever thought about that? That line sticks with me so much for that, because on my soul. That thought had never entered my brain about being a super specimen or having genetically evolved. It had never come to me ever in life. And so he said it so casually. You ever thought of that? And so that is um, the essence of friend, a different thinker, uh, one of the most profound thinkers of our generation. And he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And we're going to change that in 2024. But what we're going to do now is we're going to switch gears back to another more serious conversation that Fran and I had about raising a family in this world and the difficulties of having conversations based around race with your children. And this was all centered around the fact that 2023 was the 11 year anniversary of the murder of Trayvon Martin. Um, So 2023 makes 11 years, but this episode specifically was the celebration feels like a, a weird term, but the acknowledgement of the 11 year time that had passed And so we had some discussions about Trayvon Martin and race and being young and not knowing what your skin represents to other people and the preconceived notions that come from that. And I just felt like it was a good conversation. And so, again, as we're taking a walk down memory lane, I felt this was a good stop. R.I.P. Trayvon. I was thinking about this the other day, that black people is exhausting of all these different scenarios that we have to like think about think about and calculate. all these different mm-hmm. uh personas personas or like you know um what's the word i'm looking for all these different um personalities personalities and, yeah. that we have to like try to you know make other people feel comfortable. make other people make other people feel comfortable and switch and change like that shit is exhausting mm-hmm. and then like being that way going to the store um you just want to get some eggs i want to get some eggs i got my hood on. i'm gonna take my hood off or it's like i'm walking in you know i'm a I'm head I'm security just, guard. i'm gonna get something because I don't want to just walk out of here because, like, I don't want them to have the idea of, like, Maybe well, stole I, something. I may have stole something. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, Buy something if you I need to spend a dollar, just get a gum, get some gum. Just I'll just do it, man. Because, mm-hmm. like, after that whole thing happened, a white guy, was he white? Or was he? Oh, uh, George Zimmerman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, adjacent. Yeah, whatever. whatever but, like, still, like, being a kid and mm-hmm. you going to the store, I, there's been times where I walked by myself mm-hmm. and never thought of, like, Something like that could ever happen to me. Yeah. And that's just, that's terrifying. But then as an, a parent now, and I see these kids out here running around by themselves a lot. And I go, I don't know if I'm comfortable with my kids just running around. Yeah. No adults. Come back in. when the street lights. All I that just, shit is, the world today, no, that's done. No. It's just, not. we've seen too much access and people are preying on your kids and sending the messages. And so the idea that you would not have eyes on your kid for eight hours and, and you know they're not in school. They're just out in the world. I don't know. A bike. Just give them a bike and just tell them, you know? Yeah. When I think about 14, 15, and you calling me and telling me where you were and doing stuff and vice versa and just like, oh, I'm over here. I'm over at this person's house. Took my bike over here. Rode the bike eight miles in a whole different neighborhood. Yeah. We're not even, never even been to this neighborhood With before. tunnel and all kinds of shit. It's <laughs> like, I would, I would go, I would tell my kids, no. Yeah. No. But it's like, again, Dad, I'm going outside, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, be back when you're supposed to be back. And yeah. that was and that was it. There was I didn't have no cell phone. Mm-hmm. 
It was just like, all right, well, I see. You know, you know the time you're supposed to you be back. But it's like, it's like now. But I look at it, I go like, how did my dad even like? Didn't like drive himself crazy. Yeah. Like not know where I'm at. Didn't hear from me for six, yeah. eight hours all day. Yeah. That's it's that's crazy, man. But the, the world was different, so I don't yeah. think he had the fears yeah. that you might that's have true. now. And that's then true. even like, I mean, I mean, my mom, my mom carried herself so differently after two incidences. It was the Trayvon Martin incident. Now I'm. A, I'm older at this point, yeah. but she still, it was, it, it became a lot more of call me when you get yeah, there. Yeah, the same way. It, you know, it yeah, became yeah. more of that. And yeah. then I remember we went to go see Fruitvale Station, which was the story of Oscar Grant, who was a guy in Oakland who got killed by some police at a BART train station. And I never, I never thought about the perspective until this moment of like, I was, I can't remember when that movie came out, but let's say, we, uh, let's say I was 24, 23. It was Michael B. Jordan. And they play the whole, it's a, bi, it's a biopic or bio, biopic. I don't know. Some people say I say that word wrong. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Uh, it, it was a biographical film or whatever. And so they show you the, his life and then how he got killed. And they show his body and his mom going to identify his body. And, all stuff, and my mom weeped. You know what I mean? Because who can, you can't relate any more directly than that. Yeah. Your only child is on yeah. a slab, dead, killed by the police. And so seeing like, Oh, when we went to Pittsburgh and took the car and, you know, didn't tell her and she finds out I'm in another state four hours away from home. It's different than it's not it's not boy meets world when it's us. It's not just like, oh, you bad, you crazy kids. Like when you get home, you're grounded. It's like, no, I'm concerned that you might not come home. Yeah. And I'm sure every parent has that. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm not saying that every parent doesn't fear that their child won't come won't come home. But I just don't think the Trayvon Martin story resonated with people the same way that it right. could with a black woman. Yeah, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. So the, the world was different to my mom after she saw something like that. And as an, I've gotten older, I now see some of the stuff that I did, why it wasn't leave it to beaver, hijinks, silly, whatever the fuck. You know, if I call my mom, I can't call my mom and go, hey, mom, I just got pulled over by the police. I'll call you back. That 10 minutes, 20 minutes between... What do you mean you just got pulled over by the police and you just hung up the phone on me? Yeah. That's not like, oh, man, what did he do now? It's like, is he okay? Like, I need to call me back as soon as the traffic stop is over so I know you're safe, you know? And I think about all the, again, in our minds, it was silly hijinks. We wanted to go see a concert. but Oh, it was irresponsible. It was irresponsible. Upon reflection of the life of Trayvon Martin, I just feel so sorry that he didn't just get to be a silly kid one night and go on a walk and call us, talk to his girlfriend or whatever he was doing, whatever he was doing. He didn't just get to be a silly kid and go to the store and get some snacks. And, 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 you know, when he had the house to himself for the night, I think his parents were out. You know what I mean? Like it still sucks to me. Like it still hits home where it's like, we won't, I don't think we still would know the full. No, there's no video. They kind of just put it together about, you know, a, a fight broke out of some kind, and and this fucking pig had a gun on him. Who's out, by the way? Who's out? Oh, Just out and has done has been nothing but a disgusting person in the world since this incident. Has signed, gone to NRA events, and signed bags of Skittles. Uh, there was rumors that he sold the gun that he killed Trayvon Martin. Did with. he? That I can't confirm that, but there were rumors that like a private sell, a private buyer, bought that gun. From George Zimmerman. You know what I mean? So he's been nothing but a disgusting piece of shit since this happened. So that tells me nothing but he was probably a disgusting piece of shit when he followed this kid in his neighborhood. This wasn't some uh, concerned citizen who just was doing the right thing. This was a guy who stalked a kid. 
And when he started getting his ass beat by a kid, allegedly, he shot this kid. You know, we can only assume that's what happened because that's the that's all we're going to get. Is that there was a fight, he was losing the fight, and so he felt like he was going to die at the hands of a 17-year-old boy with his, with his bare hands, and he shot this kid. And so, you know... I always get that one story, that one side. That's all, that's all we're ever going to get. But again, just based mm-hmm. off of his actions and how I've seen him move since this has happened over the last 11 years, he's been nothing but a, a disgusting piece of shit. And so I can only assume he was always a disgusting piece of shit. And so he's a disgusting piece of shit who killed a kid. And as a parent, I'm, I'm also interested. Like, you have kids. They're young kids, obviously. But, like, because we had discussions about you and... You know, you you know, you and your wife, different cultures and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and you having discussions about like, listen, the world, the world's gonna see these kids as black. Yeah. So like, does that keep you up at night? Like, I mean, like, do, do you? How does some? How do stories like this hit you now as a parent? Like, what do they? Do they make you think about having conversations early, or like, does it make you think about how you want to parent and go about the angles yeah, you want to take? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but like by them being so young, it's like you can't. It's too early. It's yeah. too early, so you can't. Sometimes I may, um, some may come up and I may try to explain to Sophie mm-hmm. a little bit, but she won't fully understand until she's older or until she's older and I'm able to get it, get to it before something happens or she sees it. She goes through it and then it's like, okay, this is, this is what you need to, this is what you need to know. This is yeah. what I've been through and mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be for somebody with your skin color. And mm-hmm. that's just, that's just gonna be it. I yeah, mean, it's like because like people by her skin color, by her and Max, because people don't see them as Latino, half Latino, half mm-hmm. black. It's just no, they're they're black. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, it does keep me up at night. It's terrifying to be like that. They it make it worse. Yeah. What times are now, and as they get older, it make it worse. But I'll try to do my best to like be there mm-hmm. and like try to guide them through and let them know early. Cause they gonna go through it. They're gonna be in some classes with kids that just don't know any better, but they mm-hmm. hear and see stuff from their parents that are pieces of shit and yeah. they bring it to school and say crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like I'll try to do my best to like try to guide them and what's the best thing to do and like, you know, who to talk to when something like that happens, but you really only learn by you going through it. Yeah. All you can do is prepare them. You can't yeah, exactly. show them it. Exactly. So yeah. it's like that's the term. That's the terrifying part of like them had to deal with it and see how they react. And then where it's like you get older, and this was anything. Yeah. As you get older, you go like, oh, this is the reality of whatever situation yeah. that I'm gonna have to deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah, and it's like and that's scary. It's the the as as a person without a without a kid, as a you know, a childless guy, like yeah. it the only things I think about is like you always want your kid's life to be better than your life was as a kid. Yeah. So like my I didn't have a hard life by any means, but with that being said, I want my kid's life to be even less hard than mine was. Right. And if you set your kid up, it's the Carlton Banks effect, right? It's mm-hmm. like you set your kid up to, be, and, and, I, and I think you should, I think you should, I think you should, uh, you, you as a parent, you have to make sure your kids know how the world is, but you want, you don't ever want to make your kids feel like there's a ceiling on what they can do in life. Yeah. I think that's a, I'm very anti-victim mentality, mm-hmm. but I'm also a realist and there's real world issues. And I would never tell my kid like, well, you can't be president one day. I mean, you're black. I mean, the, yeah. the odds of you being president are astronomically low. Yeah. I would never say that to my kid, but at the same time, that, I need them to know how the world is. Yeah. And like, you might be looked at differently because of the color of your skin, but I don't want you to think that you can't do something. 
like a goal in life because of yeah. the color of your skin. But at the same time, if you if you instill that in your child and if they are unfortunate enough to learn that in the real world, it could be hard for some people to bounce back from something like that. Yeah. When you go, oh shit, wait, what? I'm not I'm not like the rich I'm just I thought I was just a rich kid that went to a prep school and plays tennis and whatever whatever dreams you have when I don't have kids. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you just dream of like whatever the yeah. best. I want my kids to have the best, right? But then it, when that hits that reality hits of like, oh, you are not Chad. Yeah. Like you and him can ride around in the car and he can have weed in his car and not get pulled over. But also your your environment plays a big part of it because like, you know, we grew up, I guess, you guess you could say middle class type mm -hmm. of cause like Yeah, I'll say so. I've never had as young I never had an incident where it was like I felt, you know, race was a was I just never like had a hindrance those, yeah, and held I never you back. Had, and I never yeah. had those type of until I mean I was called the N word for the first time, me hearing it like yeah. five years ago. So yeah. it's like I never before that I never even if I went even if, if in I, your youth you exactly, didn't experience exactly it. even if I was in a uh, situation where that happened where race racism was going on. I wouldn't be able to catch it because I yeah. just I never had to deal with your, it. So your, it's like your ears weren't open to it. I wouldn't. I, I would wouldn't. say same. Right. So it's like it's hard to teach that to kids. Teach that to my kids now because like you go like they might know, not it, see it. Yeah, they might not see it. They might not until they're grown. It's, right. But it's like yeah. if you grew up in a different like poverty type of you know oh, environment yeah, yeah. was like where it's like oh why do they get to have this and I don't then that yeah. that's a whole different mm -hmm. that's a whole different you know conversation you need to have. But yeah. in my youth, I never had to deal with somebody being mean because like I'm black or something. Yeah. I just never had to deal with that. Yeah. Somebody telling you like, yeah. oh, you know, you may get pulled over for whatever. You setting your kid up to be paranoid. Exactly. Yeah. Or they go like, or they may go like, oh, I don't. Yeah. What? No. That's full. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Until I, that's not my experience. Right. Until yeah. it actually happens and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. I see, I see how, where we at now as far as like us being black yeah. in America. I see how things So just so, you, so you're saying just kind of set them up, prepare them, and then hope for the best. Hope they never experience it because yeah, that would be great. I, I, I would love a, I would love if your kids never learned that lesson. Yeah. But just, you just set them up, let them know it's a possible, the world is like this, it's a little bit different. You might have a... I don't, I don't know, I don't know about, I don't know, I don't want them to ever learn that lesson because I feel like they, then you're going to just walk through life just oblivious and like not paying attention to certain things. Yeah. I think you need to being black, you need to be aware of those type of things mm -hmm. growing up, especially if you're getting taken advantage of. Yeah, you're people talking to you a certain way you don't even know. You don't even know. You're playing, just, playing in your face. Exactly. It's yeah, like, yeah. I think of it as like, um, on a job training, it's like, yeah. you just learn, You in life, you just learn as you go. Yeah. And when you go through, you got to cross that you know, bridge at one time, you go mm -hmm. like, okay, now I know how to handle this the next time I go through it. Or I'm, I'm prepared for it the next time I have to deal with it. Yeah. Or I can catch it. Or I can say something mm -hmm. to somebody who's being rude or whatever. Yeah. I want them to know that because I don't want them to just be walking around like, oh, well, he's dumb. I he wonder why this him. person got it and I didn't. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. no, I want them to. I want them to be able to. Know. Cause also, by cause Sophie is she's really shy, and mm -hmm. I think she got that from me and her mom. So it's like she's super shy. Mm -hmm. and Max is not like that, but I want her to be. I want her to speak up when something is. Yeah, something's, something's not right. When something's not right. Yeah. So that's. I'm kind of we kind of teaching her that now. Mm -hmm. I think Max is already going to be that way. I guess you can kind of already tell that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sophie is like, I want her to, for these situations, I want her to be able to speak uh -huh. her mind, especially as a black female. I want yeah. her to be able to speak, speak confidently exactly. and don't let people take walk exactly. all over you. Yeah, because that's one thing when you, that part about turning the ears on. When you said about us being young. Yeah, it's it's that part is really important. Yeah, because. I've had people try to play in my face before. Yeah. And if you don't know people are playing in your face and they're, and then they go and they snigger, snigger and giggle to their friends like, oh yeah, I asked him uh, if he had, how many Jordans he has. Yeah. If I don't know that, you might just go, well, I do have a, I got a couple pairs of Jordans yeah. at home. Like, oh, uh, I got a couple pairs of Jordans. But 
if you don't know why that's happening, right. you're being people are playing in your face. Yep. And nobody's ever gonna play nobody's ever gonna play in my face. And yep. if I have kids, nobody's ever gonna play in my yep. my kids' face. You know, I'm not gonna let anybody be uh treating my kid like they're dumb and they don't get their jokes. Yeah. And that's like that's the world we live in now. Like I'm not concerned about Max or Sophia being like an egg being thrown. You know what I mean? Like or being them being like chastised by some yeah, racist. Yeah. But it's those little microaggressions that the world is today. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. those little like, ooh, you're tan or like little little just subtle just subtle yeah, yeah, yeah. little things that yeah. make you go, oh that felt that make you feel weird. Exactly. Oh, you uh, you will feel it. You will, you will feel know. it. You will feel it. And it, but if your ears aren't on, you just you'll get the feeling, but not be able to name it. Exactly. Like what? Yeah, that felt exactly. backhanded, or like yeah. if why was that like that? And yeah. then you'll think it's you. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to like prepare a child because that feeling is going to come no matter what. Yeah. When they go, oh okay, yeah, I bet you listen to a lot of Kanye West or like, oh yeah. you, you listen to Chicago drill music. I bet you're like, oh I don't really know what that is, but like sure you don't. Yeah. You go, huh. Yeah. Well, why do they think I listen to that music? Yeah, that's know. why. That's why I don't. You want them to go. Th- it sucks to say, but like you want them to go through something like that. You want them to deal with that because yeah. then they'll they'll learn and they'll know. Mm-hmm. If you just teach them and go like, you know, just because you, you can't know. even tell them what to look for. It's like it's so exactly. you can't even put a you can't even put a face to this shit nothing, sometimes. Nothing, like nothing. sometimes somebody's gonna come up to you and tell you you look like somebody that you don't look like at all, and yeah. you <laughs> you just kind of you gonna you gonna get some crazy shit where you go. Well, <laughs> But being young, maybe I've been through some stuff and I went out and I just, I just didn't, didn't know. know. I just couldn't catch yeah, it. But you just go, I don't look like that person. Yeah. yeah. But you just, but you didn't, you knew it felt weird, but yeah. you didn't, you were like, why, why does it feel weird? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so many. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 But again, rest in peace to Trayvon Martin, man. Uh, would have been 28 years old and life cut short 17, man, just killed in, in this, in a neighborhood that he lived near like a neighborhood he was familiar with just died there because some dude didn't think he belonged Mm. i alluded to multiple cold opens and so for me i've given fran his flowers multiple times on this episode i think it's time i give myself some flowers myself a pat on the back for a brilliant invention not yet come to fruition but i will work on it in 2024 okay This is a discussion that Fran and I had at the opening of episode 263, Johnny Rocket, about the Johnny Rocket. Hey, man, in your life, did you have many uh, get-rich-quick schemes or ideas that you thought were million-dollar ideas? Oh, get-rich-quick schemes. Um, Oh, what I thought about was when Blockbuster was was a thing. thing. Or Blockbuster over like Redbox when it was like really the height of his... Right, Literally. renting movies was still a yes. thing. You like physical copies of movies. I always thought, like, what if you know, I peel the well. This time we had CDs. <laughs> uh-huh. What if I tried to way find a way to peel the the cover off of the CD? Uh huh. So CD like uh, the DVD or the, the DVD. CD, either one. Okay, like, the game, either. whatever. But it was a CD. You were the but, disc, but you know the, uh-huh. that, the top of the disc had the like the graphics the for graphics whatever it was, game, uh-huh. or whatever the movie. So I was like, what if I just find a way to peel this off? Yeah. Get a blank CD. Slap okay. it on a blank blank CD. And then keep just, them. Uh-huh. Or just sell it. So this is more like a trick than getting money. Right? This is not like a reputable business. Eventually oh, people will find no. out they take them home and they take them home and it's like <laughs> you've begin so many returns. You're like, oh, I'm gone. Like, I won't be at that what spot a, anymore when they Red come Box, back. I would you be standing out in front of it? No, I mean like 
I would return when you Redbox, you put it back. I would get a oh, you give them the fake one, the put it in the Redbox, and you keep the real, and then I keep the real one. And, and then what do you do with that? You just have a DVD collection. It? Yeah, I sell it. <laughs> you sell one DVD just, at a time. Just, so hey, look, I, have limited, I have a limited, I have a limited collection. Look, I can get these are I, all rare DVDs. I can get like, you next Friday, but it's gonna take me a couple weeks. Okay, I guess yeah, it takes some time. The guy won't bring it. He keeps renting it over and over again. I'm being a real battle. Like I keep trying to get to the red box before him, but he yeah, keeps beating me. And they're like red box, like. <laughs> Never mind. Don't no, worry about it. Yeah, I didn't say that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, are you the guy that keeps putting a blank uh, DVDs back into the red box? That's yeah. you. Are you <laughs> yeah. the red box bandit? No, no, that's that, that's more like mischievous than a <laughs> business. Yeah, <that's, laughs> I don't think you'll get rich quick from that. You might end up in prison. Like, this is like a scam. Yeah, that's more of the scam without the money well, part. I was broke. I was like, maybe like. I don't know, fifteen. Yeah, you just like you just like. How can I be like a fucking dick? Yeah. Like that's more, that's not about like. How, how, where's the money? You sell one sell DVD em. for nine dollars. Yeah, and then you're like. I try to get another one, and then I, I was going to, it's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get rich get, real I gotta, slow. I got to get a card somewhere. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you got to have a membership to Blockbuster. Then gonna start catching on. Like, wait, all these CDs are like blank. It's, it's this guy that keeps renting them. Or his it's always the ones he rents. Yeah, like, you got to. I got to do anything. Hey man, we're on to you. You're not. You're banned. <laughs> Excuse me. What? Yeah, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're like, yeah, you keep bringing in. CDRXs from Rite Aid yeah. in here and putting the uh, Love Actually artwork on them in their blank CDs. Like, oh, well, damn. You guys caught me. I'll be, this, you haven't seen the last of me. You make a real scene out of it. Uh, I had a get rich, why? Well, it wasn't a get rich quick scheme. I thought it was a brilliant product. Okay. Okay. So I thought that, okay. <laughs> where, the, where the fellas at? Where, you know, let's go ahead. And, the fellas will be able to relate to this because I don't know if this is a women issue. Okay. But um, I had an idea for a product that would make uh, when you go pee in public really bring the ruckus, because you know it's nothing. It's, it's it's intimidating almost. Like sometimes you're not you're not in like this is gonna sound weird, but I have to describe it how I can try. Sometimes you're not in the best form, and you got to pee. You go in the bathroom, and and it's not it's not hitting the bowl in a way where you <laughs> where you feel like where you feel like everybody's around you. It's it's not it's not it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No, you, no, you know it's not bringing the ruckus. You know what I mean. So, so, so you if you if you catch my drift. I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, this is. I don't know. This is. This is hitting the bowl. <laughs> this is hitting the bowl in a real lighthearted no, way. I want. I want. I feel manly. Right yeah. Now. You know. Yeah. I'm just not hitting the thunder. You want to. You wanted to really hit the. You wanted to hit the bowl with like oh, authority. Shit. You know, so I, I thought of a, like, I had an idea for like a tube that like you pee through the tube, pressurizes it, yeah. sends it through and really fires it on a 10 into the bowl. You know, because sometimes you go and it's sounding like, you know, a squirt gun. Yeah. And that and, and, and maybe the guys around you aren't listening. But guess what? Based on your laugh, I know that you are and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not just me and my weird self-conscious no, thoughts. Where I'm like, no. this isn't hitting like it should. Or yeah. this isn't, this sounds uh, inferior. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then don't let you hear somebody else. You're like, yo, okay. This dude's working with a sea monster over there. And that's just the assumption. Yeah, but yeah. we don't know. It, it could be all pipes. I don't know anything yeah. about what the... Uh, the functionality of it all in my in my in my mind it correlates to you're doing all right down there yeah, in my mind yeah. depending on how so really my and my my to to solve this and to help everybody with their our, our toxic masculinity I thought okay I was thinking you call it the Johnny rocket right okay. you pee through that 
like I said, it some kind of almost like the same technology of a, a water hose. Yeah. You know, you got your water hose in the back. When it's just a water hose, that's just coming outside. Yeah. But then you put that nozzle on there and you you you, you channel the water. Yeah. And then you squeeze that head. It's coming out crazy. Yeah. So I, it's I wanted to channel the technology of a of a shower of a uh, of a hose uh, nozzle into where you pee through it and it cranks the pee up to another level and sends it, fires it into the bowl at, at of high velocity. Yeah. Just to create the illusion that, you know, you, 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 you bring in heat when you go to pee. Yeah. Because everybody's always judging you. And I don't think that I'm the only one. Now, the reason I said that would be more for targeted towards men, and maybe I will revitalize this idea, but I don't know if women, ladies, let, you know, let us know. Uh, send us an email. Let us know. I don't know if that's anything you're judging where you go, oh, she's firing over there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You guys in, in stalls next to each other, and you're like, bling, 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 bling. Maybe that's really? a negative thing. If it's coming out crazy, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying maybe it's, it's reverse. Yeah, maybe like for women, it's like you want it to be like, <laughs> like coming out, like it got giggles out of you, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but men don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to be a grown man and you feeling all confident. You like, what's, yeah. what's good, bro? And yeah. then you go in the bathroom, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> dribbling into the bowl. You know, you don't want that. You want it to really come out. Oh yeah, right on, yeah. my man. Right on. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out right now. That's how you wanted to come out of you, not like a like a, a childish giggle, you know. Oh. So maybe it's reverse for women, but for men, I definitely know if you are next to a stall, another man, you hear you hear like the pee coming out, like <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy pee. You don't want that. You wanted to really come out where my dog's at. Oh yeah, right on, and you come out with confidence. So I thought that Johnny Rocket would be a great idea. I did not ever go into patenting and those kinds of uh, next steps. But perhaps I will, because I think that um, there's a market there. You're an idiot, man. I can't stand. <laughs> Our final clip of the year comes from a fantastic guest that we had on in the third or fourth quarter of this year, who we absolutely formed a bomb with. And if you're fortunate enough, you've gotten yourself a ticket for January 15th, 2024, where you will be able to see her accompanied by us at Zen West Roadside Cantina in Baltimore, Maryland, for our first live show. This was a moment in uh, overall great conversation with one Madison McGee from Ice Cold Case. But this moment in particular really resonated with me specifically. I, I felt a kinship with the words that she was saying out of her mouth. And the, her story really felt like it was resonating with me at this very moment in the conversation. And so I wanted to play a clip from the Ice Cold Conversations episode with Madison McGee. These are my family members by blood, but they're acquaintances at best. Um, mm. I don't know them. They weren't around, yeah. not mm. their fault, but they weren't around when I was growing up and we don't have that relationship. And um, I also was a bit skewed in my perspective because I went in already having read the police files and already sort of gathering a little bit of info. And I had sort of reconciled in my head that a lot of my family members maybe knew at the very least a little bit more than what they were letting on. And that yeah. already had my guard up because I don't trust them now for that reason. Um, and I think that that maybe impacted it colored, it colored your, it colored your thoughts on like, yeah. Yeah, cause you're not going in, you're already going into it guarded cause you you're suspicious of the people. Yeah. yeah. So, but I get, so, yeah. so, but, but the hesitancy of them, you know, wanting to talk to you and then you meeting these new people that's on the other side of your family was, I'm guessing nobody wanted to reach out and was like, you know, 
I want answers to, I want to help. I guess they were just like, I don't even want no part of that at all. Yeah, everyone that I spoke to, I directly reached out to and had to do a little bit of convincing to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's hard, too, because as much as I'd love to have a relationship with them and just, like, go and hang out, until I solve my dad's murder, there's no way I could even have a conversation with these people and not bring it up. And so I think that that also, they could maybe see that as, like, well, she's using us for information or whatever but it's like it's just hard for me to even talk to these people who were around at the time and like my one uncle lived like a couple doors down like it's like yeah. i can't talk you could to be talking you. to somebody who has the key right to yeah. what you need and they're just smiling in your face stranger yeah. without bringing it up how am i supposed to talk to someone who like <laughs> was there kind right. of and not bring it up and so um i think that that kind of has skewed our relationship as well because it's just hard for me to I, like Sure, I, I want to know how your day was and what your kids are up to, but I really want to know what exactly were you doing that day? What exactly do you remember? And like, I'll just keep cycling through that. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, and I do feel a bit more like a journalist in that way where my relationship with them feels very transactional um, yeah. versus like familial. Um, but again, I think that goes back to like, they just don't, feel that much like family because I don't really know them. And even, mm. you know, my uncle looks exactly like my dad, which is funny. Um, but even then it's like, I just want to know what happened. And I just want to solve this so badly that um, I'm willing to sort of put this relationship to the side to get the answers that I need to continue moving forward. Okay. I fully get that. Uh, my dad has like, six kids, five different moms. And so I have all these adult fam- siblings now that I'm kind of like, I feel bad that we're not close, but like I grew up an only child. My mom had one kid. I'm in the house by myself. Like, so I understand that feeling of we are blood and you kind of look like me, but I don't really know you. And I don't think I owe anybody that. And that took a long time for me to yeah. like, accept for myself. Cause I had all these bad feelings of being like an older brother to somebody who's yeah. a stranger. Yeah. Like I'm your older brother, yeah. like in the, in a TV show, but like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't feel like I owe you guidance that or some kind of role that I don't know. On. I have felt this weird sort of contradiction of what obligations do I have to people who are my family? And I, a lot of my family, the only people mad about my podcast at the moment besides these weird people who are now commenting on my podcast saying that I'm racist, um, are my family members. And they're very upset about this show. And my argument is I don't owe them anything. I don't like, even if I had known them my whole life, I don't owe anyone anything. Like I only owe myself any obligation to my own moral convictions. And if I'm staying true to that, then I owe no one else on this earth anything besides my cat food and water and it just doesn't make sense that we get in our heads about oh well you have to have a relationship with someone because they're your family member or you owe your parent x y and z because they gave you life and like all of these weird things that were fed our entire lives if your parent sucks and is super toxic and a narcissist You do not have to have a relationship with them. And it's very weird that we pretend like you do. Like, 
if that was a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, you would tell your friend to get out of that relationship. But because it's a relative, you're like, you should really work that out. That's weird. That's gross. Stop doing that. Like, I don't like that at all. And I feel that way now with my podcast. Like there's a lot of family members who have been reaching out with like the worst things to say to me ever. And I don't reply, but if I did, I would say, I owe you nothing. Like I owe you literally not one thing ever. If I end up making a bajillion dollars on my podcast, I don't owe you anything. If I solve this case, I don't owe you a thank you. I don't owe you anything. Like I don't owe you anything. It's just so weird that like we have this like, oh, your family. Okay. And, and yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like as long as I'm staying true to my moral convictions and that's a line I'm learning and trying not to cross. Um, I, I go to bed at night with a big fat smile on my face. All right, folks, what can I say? Another year in the books. 2023 was an incredible one. A lot of great moments for the podcast, a lot of tragic stories in the world of true crime, but a lot of resolution in the world of true crime. So I think this has been a very yin and yang full year. I look forward to 2024. I look forward to what it has in store for us and you guys and the podcast overall. This will be the last episode of 2023. Now, what I will say is we will still be doing many sods. So affirmativemurder at gmail.com. If you have any tales from the hood, please get them into us. We would love to hear from you guys. We would love to hear from you guys in 2024, but we would love your help to finish out the year. Again, affirmativemurder at gmail.com. Tales from the hood. We would love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much for the support, the kind words, the laughs, the honesty, the rawness, people that I've never met before. They talk about this parasocial relationship in in, uh, podcasting. People I've never met before have told me some of the most real and genuine things about their lives. And I feel like I've shared those things with you. And even though we've never made eye contact, the way I feel about the people that listen to this podcast is uh, the way that I hope they feel about us which is that we keep it real, we keep it raw, and we allow for grace so that conversations can be had for growth because that's what makes the world better. Again, I can't thank you guys enough for getting behind us the way that you have over the last five or six years. Wow. So much has changed in my life, come and gone, and we were here, now we're there. I mean... It's been a lot of change, but this has been a constant, and I'm so appreciative of it. And we would like to show our appreciation more in 2024 by growing bigger, being better, learning more, and providing an experience for the people that support us that is unrivaled and unique to affirmative murder. So um, I'm Alvin Williams. Thank you guys so much. Fran is also incredibly thankful and appreciative. But as we finish out this year, I want to tell everybody before I go, be safe, be happy, and always be yourself. Deuces. Deuces.